to Leaning and Learning. My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget to stick around until the end of the episode for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Over the last 35 years or so, I have had the incredible opportunity and privilege of speaking, preaching, teaching, all over the world. With the exception of a ministry trip to England, everywhere else that I've preached outside the United States has required the use of a translator. In Brazil, where we live now, the national language is Portuguese. And it's going to be a long, long time before I'm able to to preach fluently in Portuguese. I preach or teach several times a month, always with a translator. On this episode of uh, Leading and Learning, I'm going to provide you with several practical tips on using a translator when you're doing public speaking. Learning to work with a translator is an important skill to master if somebody's going to be doing any type of cross-cultural ministry, but also any type of cross-cultural business. I have many friends that travel internationally for business and have to do presentations, and it often requires the use of a translator. So these skills are very, very important, not just for ministry, but also for business if you're involved in international business. So here are some tips on using a translator. First of all, be succinct. Using a translator doubles the time of every presentation that you do. Think about it. If you're used to speaking for 30 minutes, using a translator is going to double that to 60. If you're used to doing a business presentation for 40 or 50 minutes, it's now going to be 80 or 100 minutes with a translator. This is something that you have to take into account as you're preparing your talks. Nobody's going to want to sit and listen to you for 100 minutes, no matter how good you are. So what I would recommend is break it down into multiple talks. If you're going to give multiple talks to the same group, divide your message into two or three sections and give it over a couple of sessions. Number two, use bullet points. Bullet points will help you stay succinct. They also make it easy for your translator to follow. Translating is not easy, so we want to make it as easy on the translator as possible. Share your bullet point and then develop it. Using bullet points will also help your audience follow you. You want to share material and you want to share it in such a way that they're going to remember it. What's the point of giving a talk if 15 or 20 minutes later they've already forgotten it? Use bullet points. It'll help them remember your content. Number three, speak in short phrases. Translating, as I've already said, is difficult work. Don't make it harder by giving an extended monologue. Deliver a sentence or two that conveys your thought and then let the translator translate it. You don't want your translator to miss anything important. 
If you give too much information before you pause, there's a good chance the translator might not get the entire thought that you wanted translated. Short thoughts, two or three sentences, and then allow the translator to, to catch up with you. Number four, use simple words and phrases. I quickly acknowledge that most of the translators that I've worked with over the years are much smarter than me. While I struggle with English, most translators speak two, three, four languages fluently. But at the same time, whatever the language is that it's being translated into is not their first language. For example, when I'm speaking in English and having it translated into Portuguese, I'm working with some great translators. But English is still not their first language. So I have to use simple phrases, simple words that, that are easy to translate. It's still important not to use complicated or difficult words because they may not be common to the translator. Even though they speak fluent English, there are certain things that we use that, that they might not use every day when they speak English. There are certain phrases that we might use in English that are not going to translate easily into Portuguese or whatever language that you're using. So let's make it easy on them. Occasionally, during the translation, a translator will not understand a word or a phrase that you use. Be flexible. Quickly rephrase what you just said. Rephrase your thought. The worst thing that you can do in the middle of your sermon, your teaching, or your business presentation is to get bogged down. If the translator is not sure what you're trying to say, rephrase it and move on. The important thing is to keep going. Number five, and just to recap, we've said number one is be succinct. Number two is use bullet points. Number three, speak in short phrases. Number four, use simple words and phrases. And then number five is don't talk too fast. Even the best translators can get lost if the speaker talks too fast. Force yourself to slow your delivery down. Your translator and your audience will appreciate it. Number six, humor does not always translate. If you enjoy starting your presentation with a joke or with a funny story, Realize this, what is funny in one culture is not necessarily funny in another culture. And this is so true with jokes. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people from, from the U.S. come to Brazil or another country where I might have been and start off their, their sermon or start off their presentation with a joke that just didn't translate. And it's kind of an awkward pause because the speaker's expecting laughter like they would get in the U.S. from telling that same story, but it doesn't translate. So what's the answer? Humor's great, but what's the answer? How do we find humor that translates into the particular culture that we're in? What I've found, and this works for me and it works for so many others, no matter where I'm at in the world, the best thing that I can do if I want some laughs is tell a story on myself. Tell an embarrassing, <clears throat> excuse me, tell an embarrassing story about yourself. Laugh at yourself. Allow the people to laugh at you. Become the butt of the joke. This is universal. Share an embarrassing moment about yourself instead of trying to tell a joke. This is, this is going to produce laughs 
almost anywhere you go because people relate to people. And so when you share an embarrassing moment and you laugh at it, you give the, the audience permission to laugh at it, this breaks the ice and it serves the same purpose as telling a joke. And if you're not sure if something will translate, ask your translator ahead of time. That's what they're there for. They will know and they will let you know whether or not that story or joke is going to work. So often I've gone to the translator ahead of time and said, hey, listen, I'm going to share this story. Does it translate okay? And they'll let you know. <clears throat> Number seven, this is the last one. Use illustrations that are easy to understand. Like humor, stories and illustrations do not always transfer easily into another language or culture. Stories and illustrations are great. We all understand that when we're giving presentations, when we're preaching a sermon, when we're teaching a class, even when we're doing a business presentation. Stories and illustrations bring alive what we're trying to say. But we have to make sure that the story or the, the illustration will transfer easily into another language or culture. Many years ago, I led a team of pastors to Ghana, West Africa. One of the pastors that went on the trip with us had never been out of the United States before. This was the first time he'd ever used a translator. One night he was preaching at an open-air crusade in a very poor village. One of the points of his message was a very important point. It was how important the Bible is in providing us with guidance and insight in our daily lives. Especially if we're Christians, we believe that the Bible is, is, is our handbook. We believe that God speaks to us through it. And as he was trying to, to illustrate his point, this American pastor said, if you buy a washing machine to wash your laundry, you're always going to read the instruction manual before you try and use it. The Bible is our instruction manual. Well, this created a very awkward moment in the meeting. The translator was not sure what a washing machine was. So the pastor had to try and explain it to him. The village that we were in did not even have electricity. We were able to do the crusade because we had a generator. We had lights connected to the, the generator. We had our sound system set up, hooked to the generator. So, so he used an illustration that the translator didn't understand and the audience didn't understand. So the, uh, the illustration just kind of left everybody uh, kind of confused. So as a result of the bad illustration, the meeting kind of came to a standstill. This is another case of where if you're in doubt, just ask the translator ahead of time. The translators are knowledgeable, they know the culture, they know the people, and they will uh, help you. They'll, they'll tell you what's going to work and what's not. And in that case, it could have easily been recovered if, if he'd have you know, been more proficient in using translators. He could have just given another illustration, something more simple. So the best illustrations that I've found, the best stories that I've found, are always about people. People relate to people, no matter what language they speak. Illustrations that talk about how someone became a Christian, if you're in a Christian setting, or how someone overcame something, or how someone used the product that you're talking about. An illustration involving people is universal. It's always going to help other people. 
and uh, people are going to be able to relate to those illustrations. Well, now it's your turn. I've given you seven seven tips on on how to use a translator, and just to re, re, uh, uh, share each one real quick: be succinct, use bullet points, speak in short phrases, use simple words and phrases, don't talk too fast. Humor does not always translate. And then number seven was use illustrations that are easy to understand. Now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com and leave your comment or your question in the comment section for today's post. Have you ever used a translator? What's your experience in using a translator? Did I miss something? Are there some tips that you might have that I missed? I'd love to hear from you. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. I send out three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that they're sent right to your inbox. I don't want you to miss a single issue. And also, by subscribing, you will get my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month, full of uh, information about what we're doing in Brazil, some leadership training, some, some other special teaching just for you. So make sure you sign up. You know, if you are a Christian, I'd I just be curious to know, how is your personal Bible study going? You know, I wrote my book, Miracles in Mark, to help people get started studying the Bible. It's a book that goes through the Gospel of Mark and it examines all of the miracles and all of the supernatural things that Jesus did. The chapters are short. It's perfect for personal Bible study or even group Bible study. So if you haven't checked out Miracles in Mark, I'm going to put put it in the show notes, a link to the book. Check it out. You can go to Amazon. You can read the first chapter or two for free. Check it out. I know you're going to love it. Well, now it's time for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. You know, in the past, I've mentioned Evernote and how important Evernote is, how I think it's one of the most helpful um, uh, apps there is. Uh, I use it pretty much every day. I use it for so many different things. Evernote is uh, an absolutely amazing app for a personal productivity but also it can be used very well for group productivity. One of the great features of Evernote is it allows the sharing of notes and notebooks. So it allows easy collaboration between your team, between you and your secretary, between you and your administrative assistant, between you and and, and other people that you're working with in your work group. If you're working on a project together and everybody has access to to Evernote, which they should, it's free, you can share the notebook among yourselves. Everyone can edit. Everyone can post. Everyone can, can, uh, can update what's going on with this particular project. It's a great way to go. And of course, there are much more expensive softwares out there for, co- for the collaboration. But if you've got a small company, a small business, or you just don't want to spend a lot of money, check out Evernote and the, the ability that it offers to share notebooks among each other. 
Uh, we use it in our church here, among our team here. Even among churches, there's a couple of notebooks that we share with uh, some of the pastors have access to that we can go in and add things and and uh, keep up with what, e- what each other are doing. So a great way to, uh, to, to, to provide collaboration, a great way to work together. And uh, again, it's free, and even the premium version of Evernote is very, very reasonably priced. So check it out. Now, as we close today, can I ask for just a small favor? Would you take just a minute and go to iTunes? Find Leading and Learning. Just type in David Spell and Leading and Learning, and then give me a good review. Reviews help us get higher in the ratings, and they help us get our content to more and more people just like you. And that's my goal. Again, as I said, my goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. And if you could help me with a review, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.